0: Hello and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective, and this week I'll be reviewing 1986's Top Gun. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of I Watch This As An Adult movie reviews. I'm your host, Mikkel Ford, and today we're going to be talking about Top Gun from 1986 starring Tom Cruise. But before we get to that, let's talk about Patreon. Don't forget to become a Patreon member uh, where you can get exclusive, I repeat, you can get exclusive content on Patreon. You can also request some shit. You can request some stuff on uh, Patreon too. There's a there's a there's a tier for requesting a movie if you want. If you have a movie that you're dying to hear me review, you could you could put it you can you could put it. Go to the Patreon uh, and uh, select that tier and get it reviewed, man. I'll I'll do it. I'll I'll put it. I'll put it on the list to be reviewed. Uh, but. Uh, the big thing is I'm gonna have it I have exclusive content on Patreon Uh, I have an Avengers uh, 10 year retrospective up there Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness review up there coming soon I'm gonna be doing the Transformers 15 year retrospective it's gonna be the 15th year anniversary of Transformers the first Transformers movie Uh, so I'm gonna be doing, I'm gonna be doing a, 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 retro review on that, and that's gonna be exclusive on Patreon, so, you don't wanna miss that, that'll be coming, uh, later this month, so, if you don't wanna miss that, go and join the Patreon, it's, it's only three dollars, man, three dollars, I was like, you could, I could scrounge up three dollars in change right now, you know, so, three dollars, that's all you gotta pay, three bucks, so, Uh, so don't forget to become a Patreon member. The link will be in this episode where you can go and subscribe to the Patreon. Alright, let's move on. Let's talk about, um, before we talk about Top Gun, let's talk about things I watched this week. Uh, found a hidden gem last night. Uh. On uh, HBO Max. On HBO Max, there is a George Carlin documentary. George Carlin documentary. I was like, because I was just scrolling. I was just scrolling through HBO Max trying to find something to fucking watch. Uh, I tried to watch The Batman again. <laughs> I tried to watch The Batman again didn't finish it. Uh, I'll probably finish it later. That movie's fucking long. But I was scrolling through. And I saw that there's a George Carlin documentary. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna watch this because I am a child of Carlin. You know, I am a George Carlin fan. Uh, I discovered George Carlin, uh, in my teens. I had to be, uh, I had to be about, what, 14 years old when I saw my first, uh, when I saw my first, uh, George Carlin, uh, special, trying to figure out which one it was, uh, god because, like, it was one that came out, like, around, like, 2000, it was, like, it came out, like, either, like, right before 9-11 or after 9-11, I think, so, no, way. it was before or after 9-11, so I was about maybe, I was about maybe, uh, 15, I was about maybe 15 years old, so I discovered George Carlin when I was about 15 years old, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out which uh, one that was um I need to see uh which HBO special that was uh yeah it was Complaints and Grievances uh, from 2001 so it was around like it was around like when uh nine nine eleven uh like when nine around when like nine eleven happened yeah so like I saw Complaints and Grievances I was fifteen I was fifteen years old when that came out and I remember. Because I've seen George Carlin before. I've seen George Carlin before. Uh, He's in in the Bill and Ted movies. I know that. I also know him from Shining Time Station. (laughs) I know him from Shining Time Station. He was the conductor on Shining Time Station. The Thomas the Train movie. (laughs) Uh, Not movie. The Thomas the Train show. Uh, So I know him for that. So it's weird. For him to go from shining to, to, to watching him on shining time station as a kid to being like 15 years old and seeing him in his uh in his uh in his uh uh, uh stand-up special and he's like cursing up a storm he's like motherfucker this and fuck you and fuck you and your grandpappy and all this shit and I think that was the one when he was talking about I think that was the 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 the, the special way he was talking about grown men calling they, calling their father dad still calling their father daddy <laughs> cause he said what he said he said A grown man called it his father daddy you like my daddy my daddy my daddy my daddy <laughs> he was like you know what fuck you and your daddy and <laughs> you know? I but yeah, man, that was that was uh, that was the first time I ever seen I ever seen a George Carlin stand up special, and I've kind of I've gone back and watched other uh, specials that he's done. Like uh, I've done I've seen Carlin on campus, I've seen jamming in New York. That's one that that, that sticks out to me. Uh, I've seen all the ones after that. I've seen you're all diseased. I, I went back and seen you're all diseased. I've seen uh, life worth living. Uh, well, I mean, life worth losing. And, and then, like, his final, his final, uh, HBO special was, a uh, It's Bad For You." Uh, I saw that one. That was the one he, uh, made, uh, like, a couple months before he passed. They got released, like, a couple months before he passed away. Um, uh, but yeah, man. Let's talk about this documentary, though, man. This documentary is really good. It's really fucking in-depth. We go in-depth about his childhood, like how he grew up, uh, he only—he didn't really know his dad. Uh, his dad was kind of his dad was really abusive. Like he would beat—he would beat his uh, his mother, and he would beat his brother because George Carlin has an older brother, and uh, his older brother is actually on uh, actually on the documentary as well. Uh, like George Carlin has a has an older brother. And uh he would beat his older brother because his older brother was like is like what five I think like five or seven years older than him. I think he's like seven years his brother's his older brother's like seven years older than him. And he was a baby. So like his uh so like his mom took her two sons and left him. And left they left uh the, their father because he was abusive and she didn't want him. To start beating George. Cause George was a baby at the time. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. But like he was like his brother, his older brother was already getting beat. So so she took she took the kids, left. Uh he talked about how he was kind of he was kinda of like a, a bit of a, a bit of a class clown and all this stuff. And you know, but he talked about a lot of he talked about a lot of his childhood growing up. Like he grew up, I think he grew up like you say like he grew up like around the corner from Harlem you know, so, so, like, he grew up, he, like, he grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood, he's a group, because, like, he, like, he grew up around black people, and Latino people, and Asian people, he grew up around everybody, really, in, like, the 1940s, you know, so, (laughs) in the 1950s, so, he, like, he grew up around everybody, and he was talking about how that, how that shaped his way of thinking, and all this stuff, and he talked about how, he talked about how he met his wife, and he talked about how he got into stand-up. He really got into stand-up comedy from doing radio. He talked about doing stand-up comedy from doing radio because he wanted to be, because he talked about how he wanted to be a radio disc jockey at first. And he did that. And then he hooked up with uh, another, he hooked up with another guy that, uh, uh, and they became like a a comedy duo, really. They became a, a comedy duo. And, he was doing that from, like, he was doing, like, the uh, the Laurel and Hardy and, uh, um, uh, what's, uh, uh, Mike Nichols was in a, uh, comedy troupe with a, with a chick. I forgot her fucking name now. <laughs> her name escapes me at this time, but it was, like, Mike Nichols and a girl. Uh, that should, maybe that should have been the name of the, of the comedy troupe. Mike Nichols and a girl, you know, like, that could have been the name. But, like, Carlin was in a, uh. Carlin was in a comedy team with Jack Burns. That's his name. I was, I was looking it up. Jack Burns. Like, they were Bur- they're called Burns and Carlin. And so he did that. And, like, they pretty much just talked about, they pretty much just talked about the evolution of his career. And Stephen Colbert is on there. And Stephen Colbert hit uh, George Carlin's uh, career, like, to the T. Like, a, he hit it, hit it right on the head. He was like, George Carlin is the Beatles of comedy, because he kept, because he kept evolving, he kept, like, evolving, turning into this, like, chameleon, you know, like, he never stayed the same, uh, in this, in, in, in each decade, he just kept evolving, he just kept evolving, because, like, at first, because, uh, like, just like the Beatles, like, they kept evolving, uh, Wrestling, fan, I think, of like a, a wrestling term. He's like the Undertaker of comedy, <laughs> to me. If like, if if anybody's a wrestling fan out there, because like that was a, that's what the Undertaker was. The Undertaker never stayed the same character throughout the years in uh, WWE. He like he kept evolving. He was like he was the Dead Man, and then he was the Goth dude, and then he was the Devil worshipping dude, and then he was the uh, biker dude, and then he turned back into the, un- and then he was kind of like the, 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 like, un, the, un, he wasn't like an undead zombie, uh, cause like he, that's kind of what he started out as, like an undead zombie, but he's more like a, like a, like a old west character, <laughs> he turned into kind of like a old western character t- towards the end. And you know, like the guy that was just like, like the he tur- he actually turned to like a real fucking Undertaker towards the end, because like in the West they had Undertakers, and he was kind of, and like whenever you see him, he was like, "Yeah, you're you're gonna meet your maker, and it's gonna be me. I'm gonna kick your ass," you know. <laughs> so, uh, but like, yeah, Carlin is that. Carlin is the, to me as a wrestling fan, Carlin is the Undertaker of comedy. Because, like, Carlin never stayed... George Carlin never stayed the same. He was the... Like you said, he was the duo guy. And then he was, like, the vaudeville comedian guy. And then he was the variety show guy. And then he was, like, the hippie guy. And then he turned to the... Then he turned into the political guy. And then he turned into like just this fucking like chaotic grumpy old man you know like <laughs> and just wants to see the world burn you know so, and he turned it he turned into all of that. He's like he never stayed the same throughout the years. You know and um he talked to me like he like they talked about that how he just kept evolving. Uh, they even talked about how kind of like in like the mid eighties, I want to say around like the mid eighties, he started losing relevance. Cause there was like, there was so many, there were so many young comedians coming up. that were like different, you know, <laughs> like, and he was still, uh, he was still, this is like towards the end of his hippie phase, you know, it like towards the end of his like seventies hippie phase. And people, like, there was, like, they started to be, like, oh, man, this is, that's my dad's comedy, and that's when he evolved again into, like, the political guy, you know? So, he evolved into the political comedian around, like, the late 80s, and then, after that, towards, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, he turned into, like, the grumpy nihilist old man that just likes to watch chaos, you know? So, and likes to talk about chaos, you know? So... (laughs) So, like, he turned into that. And he's, that's kind of where he stayed to, like, the day he died. He just kind of stayed there at that time to the day he died. But he, 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 he never stayed the same guy. You know, like, uh, because there's a lot of comedians that just stay the fucking same. You know, they just do their shit, like Chris Rock. You know, like, Chris Rock is Chris Rock. Chris Rock's funny, but he's still Chris Rock. You know, um, I think Dave Chappelle's evolving. Really, because like he's not like that really energetic skinny guy anymore. He's more of a thought provoking, uh, more of a thought provoking like storyteller now. Uh, he's turned into, uh, who else? Like Seinfeld's still the same. Like Jerry Seinfeld's still Jerry Seinfeld. You know, like a lot of those guys. Like there's a lot of guys that are still. The same, but I gotta say that I gotta say that about Carlin. Man, Carlin never stayed the same because, like, in the 60s, in the 60s, they talked about the 60s because it was a lot of vaudevillian comedy, a lot of variety show comedy, and like that's what you did in the 60s. You know, like, it was him, it was uh, it was him, it was uh, Richard Pryor was doing that at that time, too uh, Bill Cosby was doing that at that time, you know, all those guys, they start, they were doing that stuff, um, it was, like, pretty much doing, like, the, 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 the vaudevillian variety show type comedy, um, but, um, even, like, uh, even, like, uh, Flip Wilson was doing that, uh, because he had the Flip Wilson show, so, uh, you know, like, he was kind of doing that, he was kind of doing that and doing, like, skits and shit, you know, so it was, so like, it was like, a, it was like kind of like a, it was kind of like a, either you did that or you weren't doing anything at all, really, <laughs> is what it is, is is really what it was, you know, and, um, they talked about how he kind of got fucking tired of that shit, he was, he felt like he was, uh, perpetrating a fraud, pretty much, he felt like, cause like he didn't feel that, that guy that you saw in the 60s, he didn't feel like that was him, cause he was like, this is not me, this shit fucking sucks, you know, so <laughs> pretty much, that's what he was, and towards the 70s, towards the 60s, early 70s, he kind of killed that guy, <laughs> like, that guy's fucking dead, yeah, like, he, cause he used to do a character called the Hippie dippy Red, Weather Reporter, and, like, he used to do, like, all these, all these little skits and shit, and he'd be like, hey, hey, what's going on, guy, hey, what's up, uh, you know, like he, was, like, he was that guy, uh, and he was like, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of being this guy, this guy fucking sucks, this guy's fucking corny, and, <laughs> and he changed, he changed to the, the, the fucking hippie dude, um, a lot of good, a lot of, they talked about a, a lot of good things, uh, in this documentary, man, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, like, uh, fucking just blo- just keep talking hot air, you know, <laughs> You know, just keep fucking talking and uh, just talking in circles and shit like that. So uh, if you guys want to watch the documentary, you can watch the documentary. It's on HBO Max. I recommend it. You know, I recommend, I thoroughly recommend it. It's a great documentary. It's a two-parter. I don't know why people, I don't know why they do two-part documentaries or like three-part, five-part documentaries now because they do that a lot now. I guess to get, I guess it's to get more eyes on the network, you know, (laughs) cause I'm, I'm getting tired. Can I go on a rant? I'm getting tired of like five part documentary shows and all this shit. Can you, can I get one documentary? Cause like they had the, uh, the Pam and Tommy, uh, documentary show and like the, 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 not the documentary, but the, um, God damn it, it's like, uh, the docudrama, that, that, and I was like, that could've just been a movie, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that could've been a movie, there's a thing on, uh, Peacock, I think about the Angeline, Angeline is like the, the chick that, the, the blonde chick with the big titties that used to be on the fucking, um, she used to be on the, 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 the fucking billboards in Los Angeles. They do. They're doing like a whole show about her. I was like, that could have just been a movie. Y'all could have made a movie about that. I'm like, it's the chick that's on the on the on the billboards with the fucking big titties. How much of a fucking life has she led? You know, <laughs> how much of a life has she led as a billboard girl? But yeah, like, is this something that they want? It's just something that they want to fucking do now. They just want to uh, milk milk shit for longer is what they really want to do. But yeah, uh, George Carlin documentary, it's two parts. Go check it out. I enjoyed it. If you're a Carlin fan, you'll enjoy it too. Uh, Let's move on to Obi-Wan episode three. Let's move on to Obi-Wan episode three. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Uh, Episode three is probably the best Obi-Wan episode I've seen so far. Because I thought that episode 1 And episode 2 are alright Uh episode 2 I didn't enjoy as much as Episode 1 I think I said I don't think I I enjoyed Episode 2 as much as episode 1 Um but episode 3 Is the best Episode so far Uh we still cause uh We go we go to a we go to We go to other worlds here You know uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we do that uh because obi obi-wan and uh princess leia are still running from the inquisitors and running from the empire and first thing i want to say is first thing i want to say let me get this out of the way um the girl that played princess leia not as annoying in this episode because i think i complained uh last episode about her being like really annoying She's not really, she's not really all that annoying this episode. She's actually pretty, she's actually pretty chill. She's actually pretty mellow. She's actually pretty, uh, smart in this episode, uh, because, (laughs) because there's, uh, there's a scene where, like, they're, uh, running, uh, and they get, like, they get, like, left in, like, this, they get left in, like, the middle of this field, uh, because uh, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned that Kamal Johnny was on episode two, but Kamal Johnny was on episode two. He's like this, like fake Jedi, and uh, he led Obi Wan and uh, Leia to this, uh, to this place, and there was, I think they was supposed to be waiting for somebody, and they were, uh, <laughs> and they were in the middle, they were in the middle of this field, like like this grassy field. And Obi Wan was like, "Man, I, sh- I knew I shouldn't trust him." <laughs> he was like, "He lied to us, or something like that." And uh, Princess Leia, uh, she saw this. Uh, there's, there's this alien. There was like this uh, one of the, one of the, one of the creatures, which I love. You know me. I'm a sucker for a Star Wars creature. I think uh, when they were there were a couple of Star Wars creatures on uh, Boba Fett, <laughs> and I was like yeah, this is what I like, because I'm a sucker, because I'm a sucker for, uh, for the, for the, for the, for the creatures, and I'm a sucker for the droids, you know, like, like, really funny droids, I, I get a kick out of that, for some reason, I get a kick out of the really funny droids, I get a kick out of the fucking creatures that are in the Star Wars universe, uh, so, like, they meet one of the creatures, and he's voiced by, he's voiced by uh, Zach Braff, and he's like, hey, you guys, you want to you want you you need a ride or something? He's like, hop on in, and they get in the, they get in there. uh, Leia is pretended to be Obi Wan's daughter, and then uh, cause like the guy the, the 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 creature, he's just like, he seems like really jovial and nice, but then you find out that this motherfucker works for the Empire. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's just like, he's kind of like a he's kind of like a Trump supporter. Like, he's kind of a Trump supporter. You know how you meet a guy, you know how you meet a guy, and they're like, oh, man, you're a nice dude, and then, like, he's got, like, fucking Trump 2022 on his goddamn fucking back of his truck or some shit like that, and you're like, oh, you one of them motherfuckers. you like, you meet a guy, you think, oh, that guy's really nice, and he has Blue Lives Matter on the back of his car or some shit, oh, you know, some shit like that, <laughs> and you're like, oh, Okay, uh, yeah. that's, the, that's this character, like, this character is the Blue Lives Matter of Star Wars, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so, like, there was this guy, and this guy picks, this guy picks up stormtroopers and all this shit, but, yeah, man, real good episode, Obi-Wan has a great fight with the stormtroopers here, he, like, fucking cuts one in half, which is fucking dope. I was surprised that they let him get away with that on Disney Plus, because he, he slices this, like, he slices this motherfucking half, it's like, and i like, whoa, they let, they let him get away with that, i was like, shit, um, uh, it's, it's very graphic, it's very, very fucking graphic, um, but yeah, man, it's a good episode, we get to see Vader, Darth Vader, uh, is here, played by Hayden Christensen, we see a little bit of Hayden, uh, out of the, out of the, the, the suit, he's, like, in, like, we see him, like, getting ready, we see him putting his, like, they, they put, like, the, because, like, pretty much, he's just a fucking torso, Anakin Skywalker is just a fucking torso, so, uh, like, he's just, like, a torso, and they put legs on him, He got, like, robotic legs, and he's got, like, robotic arms, and, which, uh, I don't understand how he does the force with all of that, because, like, he puts it, because, like, he does the force choke. His hands are not real. <laughs> he has robot hands. He has bionic hands. How is he doing? How is he doing the force choke with robot bionic hands? I I don't get that. That kind of he does it here! He does it here on this episode. Uh there's a part where like he like he force chokes a dude out of his fucking house. He force chokes a dude through the window out of his fucking house, and he fucking just chokes the fuck out of him, and uh, he even like, and he snaps a kid's neck with the force. That poor fucking kid. I can't let them. I, I can't believe. I can't believe they let them get away with like child murder on here too, because like he was a kid. Yeah, he forced He like hit that little kid with the force and like force snapped his neck. And you heard that shit. You like you heard him go. That's all you heard. That's all you heard was, "Hey, he stabbed that kid's neck." But yeah, man, it's Darth Vader. Darth Vader was a fucking badass in this episode, though, man. He was a fucking badass. Uh, he was talking to Reva. Uh, I think he like kind of promised Reva like a a, a high a high ranking position because he was just like he was like, "Hey, man. he was like, hey man, you find uh, if you find uh, uh, Obi Wan for me, I'm a." I'm am I'm gonna give you a promotion, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, like you find Obi Wan for me, bruh. I'm gonna get you a promotion. I right? I got you. I'm 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 Lord Vader, man. You know, you know, the Empire the Empire love me, man. You know, just if you just do what I tell you, go find this nigga, go find him, and I hook you up. If you don't find him if if you if you don't find him, I'm gonna have to kill you though. You know you know I'm gonna have to kill you, all right? And and that just be that man. You don't get no promotion, man. And, and I'm gonna just have to find somebody else to find that find that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I ain't, I ain't playing around with y'all, man. You know y'all you y'all failed me for the last time. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm saying. But uh yeah uh. <laughs> But, but, yeah, um, so, I think, uh, like, Reva find, finds out where Obi-Wan is, and Darth Vader comes down, and you he like, he's like, yo, man, you found that motherfucker, man? You found him? You found him. I Bet. I'm on my way, man. Like, no no cap. No cap. I'm on my way. I'm about to deal with this nigga. This nigga about to get fucked up. So, uh, so, so. He finds Obi Wan, Hey. they come face to face with each other. And fucking Darth Vader is like Darth Vader is like fucking Michael Myers <laughs> in this episode because he just pops up out of nowhere. He's like, "Whoop!" and he, like, he just shows up. You like, "What's up, bro?" You thought I forgot? You thought I forgot what you did to me, bro? You really thought I forgot? That that you left me to die, man. You 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 should have you should have just fucking killed me. You should have finished the job, cause now I'm about to dead your ass, bro. About to dead you. And uh, Obi Wan see this motherfucker. You think it's gonna be like this really valiant fight, but Obi Wan saw him and he was just like, fuck this, I'm gone. <laughs> he, he fucking ran. He ran and like Darth Vader kind of like forced him to fight him, and like they had like a little they had like a little lightsaber uh quarrel, and then fucking Darth Vader Darth Vader so cold Darth Vader so cold with it love this nigga uh he uh sets the ground on fire with his lightsaber and he drags Obi Wan through the fucking fire. <laughs> He dragged that nigga through the fire, he was like, yeah, yeah, you, you feel that, you feel that shit, huh, you feel that burn, yeah, that's what I felt, motherfucker, all right, yeah, this is, I'm just gonna give you a taste of what I felt, motherfucker, this is what I felt, you left me out there to fucking die, you left me to fucking burn in hell, I right, well, now nah, you burn in hell, motherfucker, look at this shit, you <laughs> know, <laughs> he, he was so cold with it, he was, yeah, that's how I felt, motherfucker. That's how I felt. Now, you know what it feels like, nigga. But, uh, <laughs> he was, like... <laughs> hey, <laughs> he, was just to- he was toying with Obi Wan. It was cold as fuck. Uh, but yeah, man, I love this episode. This is my favorite episode. We got three more episodes to go. I can't wait to see him now. Uh, they kind of dropped this, they kind of dropped this episode like out of nowhere to me. Because, I thought I was tripping, because, like, the last episode was on Friday, they dropped this one on, like, a Wednesday or a Thursday, I think, I think I watched it on Thursday, because I think I was going, I think I was looking, and I was like, oh, I think I was on Disney+, Plus, and I was like, Obi-Wan's up here? Let me check that shit out, <laughs> you know i just, I just fucking watched it, and that was... So like they just they just dropped that shit. I think that's I think that's the the regular schedule. Somebody was saying, I was looking at somebody say they was like yeah uh, Friday was uh was a special uh day. I think it was like for Star Wars celebration or some shit. But like Wednesday, I think either Wednesday or Thursday is the is the is the date that is the, is the days that is coming on. You know like that's the day is coming on. So I gotta check it out either Wednesday or Thursday. All right. <laughs> But yeah, man, I love, I'm I'm loving this show, um, I'm done rambling, (laughs) just, just a bunch of fucking rambling I was doing, uh, I'll be back with my review of Top Gun after these messages. And welcome back to the show. Top Gun from 1986. Let's get into the technical. This movie was directed by Tony Scott. The screenplay was written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Uh, The movie had a budget of $15 million. Only $15 And it uh, brought in uh, $357.3 million at the box office. So it was a huge success. Uh... The movie has a Rotten Tomato score of fifty six percent, which was a shock to me because like this movie is so beloved, like everybody loves Top Gun, so like I thought I thought this movie would get like a higher score. I thought it would at least have like an eighty, you know. I thought it would at least have an eighty percent, you know. But it's got a fifty six. It shocked me. Uh, this movie also has an Academy Award for Best Original Song, uh, "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin uh the band berlin won the song i mean won the award in uh, 1987 so and i've heard that the band doesn't like this song i heard that they don't really fuck with the song but but they won an award for it they won an oscar for it so i wonder if they still have the oscar which is funny every time they look at that oscar they think about the song that they hate you know (laughs) They look at it. They just look at their they look at the trophy case and look at that Oscar and they're just like I want an Oscar for a song that I fucking hate. You know? So, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. guess yeah, that. Let's get let's get into how I saw this movie as a kid. Like this is one of those another one of those movies that I saw with my dad at a young age. I saw this movie when I was about nine, maybe like 6 or 7 years old. As a kid, I remember uh, just liking all the Jet stuff and like not really understanding what was going on in the, in the movie. I didn't really understand the plot or the story of the movie. So, I haven't seen this movie in about 30 years. So, uh, uh, it, was, it was really a treat. It was really a treat to revisit it again because after not seeing it for so long, I haven't seen it since I was about, like, seven. You know, because... You know, cause like I'm, I just didn't, I just never really cared to revisit the movie. I liked the movie as a as a kid, but I never really cared to revisit it for a long time. But it was a treat. It was a treat revisiting it again. Um, the opening of this movie is just total jet porn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> total jet porn. Like all they do is just show you jets taking off flying through the air, and all that shit, and then, like, a uh, Danger Zone by, uh, Kenny Loggins just, uh, starts, just blares in, <laughs> like, it just starts playing behind all the jets, just taking off and flying through the air and all that stuff, it's still a great song, man, Danger Zone is a classic fucking song, I like, I think I've, I think I've heard the song more than I've watched the movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I fucks with Danger Zone. Danger Zone is a great song. There's also another song on here. Uh, that I like. Uh uh, it's by Cheap Trick. Uh, Cheap Trick has a song called. I think it's called on Iron Wings or something like that. Like, is that the they play that, they play that at the end of the movie. That movie, that song's pretty dope too. I like I love like Cause I love like 80's cock rock You know <laughs> like, You know, Cheap Trick's not really 80's cock rock But it sounded like an 80's cock rock song I love 80's cock rock Just You know like So Hearing that shit is just That was, that was, that was, a, that was a fucking dope ass song too Uh The first thing That I noticed About this movie is that Everyone is uh Sweaty everybody's sweaty in this movie it was like there's nobody there's nobody there's nobody uh, that that's dry in this movie everybody's all sweaty they sweaty in the shower they sweaty in on, on base they sweaty in the, uh they sweaty in the jet they sweaty everywhere I was like you're in the air why are you so sweaty? Uh, They wouldn't have had that problem if they were drinking Sound. By the way, this episode is brought to you by by Sound. Uh, Sound is on a mission to find the sweet and unsweetened. They combine bright bubbles with bold botanicals to create a sparkling water unlike the others. They're on a mission to make sparkling drinks taste fantastic. And... They want to give you peace of mind. It's tea with uh with no sugar and uh they don't have any artificial flavors. Like Sound makes unsweetened organic sparkling waters made with tea and botanicals. All the ingredients are certified organic extracts and the drinks are completely unsweetened. No natural flavors or sugars. They uh, create flavors that are more fun and unique than traditional sparkling waters. Like with blueberry and cinnamon, which is my favorite. The hibiscus tea and grapefruit with lavender and ginger tea. They incorporate tea extracts in their flavors, which means they have both... Caffeine and caffeine Free options Making them perfect for any time Of day If you need an afternoon pick me up Head for tangerine Lemongrass and green tea Sparkling waters Also also Get this Their cans are BPA NI Free That means even the cans Are healthy So use promo code i watched to get 20% off your order and support the podcast that's promo code i watched to get 20% off your order and support this podcast now back to the review the first scene of this movie is just a who's who, it's an all-star, uh, cast, because you get Tom Cruise, Anthony Edwards, and Tim Robbins all in one scene, like, all these guys go on to become future stars in their own right, Anthony Edwards goes on to be a big star in ER, Tim Robbins does things, you know, (laughs) and Tom Cruise is just fucking Tom Cruise, all right, uh, I'm not gonna lie, like, the first scene in this movie. The first scene in this movie kind of confused me because uh, we got Maverick, uh, Goose, Cougar, and Merlin. Those are the those are the code names of all the characters. They're flying. They're flying in their jets, but uh, they get they get ambushed by an uh, enemy jet, or what I thought was an enemy jet, because like Maverick and Goose like take a picture of it at the end. Like they're in the uh, they're in the in the jet they fly around the jet, and they take a picture of the jet, and then the jet just, like, flies the fuck off, (laughs) I'm like, that shit didn't make any sense to me at all, but then, uh, but then, uh, Cougar, like, starts freaking the fuck out for no reason, like, almost crashes his jet, uh, really, really didn't see a reason for this scene, I guess they wanted to add, uh, tension, but it really didn't make, it really didn't make any sense to me, it really didn't make any sense to me, um, I'm already, I'm only, uh, 20 minutes in to this movie at this time, and it's already, like, super comical to me, (laughs) because there's one character, uh, the way that Val Kilmer, Portrays Iceman just makes me laugh. <laughs> but when we first get introduced, when we first get introduced to Iceman, uh, which is played by Val Kilmer, uh, he- just looking at him makes me laugh because he just, cause he he's just like this stereotypical '80s blonde all-American white boy, you know, and he just he just like he's just like the prototype for that shit, uh. <laughs> And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, cause he's like, he's just doing certain reactions and shit like that at the beginning, at the beginning when he's first introduced. And you're just like, I just bust up laughing. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I started laughing at Val Kilmer, uh, because like the, the facial expressions he made, they're just so fucking hilarious. Uh, this movie is very much a product of the eighties Reagan white America and a lot of the characters in this movie kind of convey that. Uh, Maverick, Maverick, at the beginning, Maverick is just like corny as fuck. <laughs> Maverick is corny as fuck. Because uh, he goes up to uh, Kelly uh, McGillis, it's his character, and he, he he sings to her. He starts singing to her. He starts singing, uh, you've lost that loving feeling to her. And uh, she goes... She uh, starts like, she just starts playing hard to get with him. So what do you do when a woman's playing hard hard to get? What does Maverick do? Maverick has to run her down and he goes into the ladies bathroom, which is something that definitely wouldn't fly today. Definitely wouldn't fly today. Uh, That's considered stalking and Maverick's a creep. Uh, cause like going into the women's bathroom is on par with like grabbing a woman's arm when they're trying to walk away from you. You just don't do it, but it's the eighties. So fuck okay. it, but surprise, 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 surprise. Kelly McGillis plays, uh, Charlie Blackwood, uh, air force civilian specialist. So basically, uh, she's one of, uh, Maverick's instructors. You know, so, so, like, he's been hitting on one of his teachers, uh, which is something that is not uncommon today, but, uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Iceman, man, let's talk about fucking Iceman, Iceman has such a fucking hard-on for Maverick, for the first time he meets him, like, he's just staring at him, they're in, like, they're in class together, because, like, they're doing the instructional stuff. Uh, and, like, they're in class together, and just, like, Iceman's just fucking staring at Maverick. <laughs> like, Maverick really turns him the fuck on for some reason. I don't know what it is. You know, but, about so a lot of this movie reminds me of a, a Saturday morning cartoon. Even, like, down to the music and, like, the superhero-esque code names. I'm, I'm very surprised that there wasn't a Top Gun cartoon Because it's the 80s, like, the 80s had a cartoon for everything, like, Rambo had a cartoon, the Karate Kid had a cartoon, the Ghostbusters had a cartoon, I remember there being a Police Academy cartoon, uh, uh, there was another one, I think RoboCop had a cartoon in the 80s, too, you know, like, one of the most violent fucking movies of the 80s. (laughs) You know? Even Rambo is violent. Like, one of the most violent movies of the fucking 80s had a fucking cartoon. So why not Top Gun? I don't know why they didn't capitalize and make a Top Gun cartoon. Everybody else had a fucking cartoon. Why not Top Gun? Um, So Maverick and Iceman are flirting with each other in the locker room. <laughs> I was like, they should, they should just stop with this fucking toxic masculinity and just... Fuck already, you know, because like so far, because so far they got more sexual chemistry than Maverick and Charlie. Iceman and Maverick have more sexual chemistry than Maverick and Charlie. Like Charlie is just pretty much Maverick's beard at this point. It was like he's just like that's just like his that's just like him him, him trying to cover up that he doesn't have a thing for Iceman. Uh, there's also uh this running gag with uh the air boss. It's like the guy that's in, like, the, uh, he's in the, uh, the, um, what do you call it, the air traffic control, uh, tower or something, like, he's in the tower, yeah, he's in the tower, like, like, he, he always, like, he always spilling coffee on himself, (laughs) it's like a running gag, every time you see this dude, he spills fucking coffee on himself, it's like something you would, like, put in a sitcom, it's goofy as fuck, so Maverick continues to sexually harass his instructor uh, to cover up his feelings for uh, Iceman. <laughs> uh, it's the '80s, so you know what happens. Uh, sexual harassment gets you the girl. Uh, it's like it's like you wonder why you wonder why so many guys get me too, and they don't understand why they get me too. You know, you you you. you you see movies like Top Gun, you know, and you wonder why, you wonder why they don't understand why this shit's happening to them, you know, you know, you, they like, cause they're like, man, fucking Tom Cruise did it in Top Gun, like, well, why the fuck y'all coming down on me, you know, and so, it's just, it's just, it's just a, cause like, uh, sexual harassment, I think, is a, um, a habit that has to be, uh, it has to be caught at a, at an early age, you know, like it's something that that's got to get caught. I want to say like at 13, you know, if you catch it at around like 13 years old, cause, uh, that's when I got caught. Cause, uh, (laughs) cause I was, I was, I was a motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I ain't gonna sit here and be holy, be holy man, you know, I ain't gonna sit here and be holy man, I was a motherfucker when I was in middle school, I was around here just, I was around here wilding, and, like, I had a teacher come to me, and, uh, she talked to me about myself, and, like, I stopped doing that shit, so, like, and I was about, like, I think I was about, like, 13 at the time, I was, like, 13 years old, so, like, I think, like, once the kid, once the boy Reaches kid too, because women sexually harassed too. Once the kid reaches thirteen, get him to stop. You gotta talk to them, You gotta talk to them like women don't want to be touched like this, or men don't want to be touched like this. Because, like I said, women sexually harassed too, and um, you just gotta you just gotta talk to them about it. You gotta talk to them about like don't touch people when they don't want to be touched, don't be in people's spaces when they when they don't want you in their space, you know, like, don't Bogart a person's personal space, you know, don't do that, you know, don't don't be like Maverick in Top Gun, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much, don't be like Maverick in Top Gun, uh, we also have this, uh, token negro on the force named, uh, Sundown, <laughs> and they don't get, they don't get his brother anything to do but smile, <laughs> That's like, that's like the only thing this brother does Like he's in the background Fucking smiling and laughing You know like when somebody else When like Tom Cruise tells somebody off And he's just like yeah And he's just like Sundown's just in the back Like <laughs> yeah Or something like that he just <laughs> That's all Sundown That's all Sundown does He's just in the back smiling and laughing Like he is The 80's Invisible Negro That I was talking about That's his, that's his job, he's the 80s Invisible Negro, that's his job, uh, but then, man, then we get to possibly the gayest scene in this fucking movie, (laughs) which is the shirtless volleyball game, it's like, it's all, it's all skins, there's no shirts and skins, it's all skins, baby, uh, I'm looking at this, I look at that scene, man, cause I look at that fucking scene, and I'm like, they really thought they were turning girls on with this scene, but then they found out they were actually turning guys on with this scene, (laughs) they found out they were turning guys on with this shit, I was like, cause I was just looking at that scene, I was like, damn, I was like, a lot of guys found out they were gay watching Top Gun, didn't they? (laughs) There was a lot of sexual discovery. For for a lot of dudes probably watching Top Gun, they're like, they're probably looking at this shit and they're like, oh man, I think I'm gay, you know? <laughs> they were looking at that fucking shit, they're like, I think I like dick. But <laughs> that was probably a lot of that shit uh, back in the day, name. But but Maverick is just like, fuck this shit, I gotta go reclaim my masculinity and creep on Charlie some more. Uh, so like, so he goes to her fucking house. And, uh, has, like, a date with her. There's, uh, fun fact. There's a scene right after he goes to, uh, Charlie's house. Uh, there's an elevator scene with, uh, Tom Cruise and, uh, uh Kelly McGillis. Uh, it was, that was actually a reshoot. Because, if you notice, uh, Kelly McGillis' hair is a, is a, is a darker color than in the rest of the movie. And the rest of the movie is, like, really bleach blonde. Uh, but... In that scene, her hair is dark. It's like she's got dark. It's like a darker. It's still kind of blonde, but it's kind of like she's kind of like a, a dirty blonde. It's like really it's, it's a darker color. And she's wearing a baseball cap. Uh, like they did that because like when they did the reshoot, uh, uh, they were uh, shooting another movie. Uh, Kelly was shooting another movie at the time she was uh, shooting this scene. Uh, we also get a young Meg Ryan. In this movie, she plays uh, Goose's wife. Goose played by uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, this is like a couple years. I want to say, I want to say this is like a couple years before she hit it big. They're like, cause this is like 86. I think she did, uh, when Harry Met Sally in like 88 or 89. I want to say, I think she did it in like 88 or 80, 89. So like, this is before she hit it big. Uh, Maverick is uh, being a dick to Charlie because uh, she corrected him in class so what does uh, Charlie do to respond to him uh, uh, being an asshole to her she she gives him some pussy that's what she does because it's the 80's I bet the whole time he was thinking about Iceman I bet the whole time he was thinking about Iceman uh, Goose dies after this goose dies like pretty fucking graphically dude i forgot how fucking graphic his death was <laughs> i haven't seen this movie in 30 years well like i forgot how graphic his death was man like they show that shit like because like he's trying to get out of the canopy, he's trying to pop the canopy and like his head hits and like wow oh, like you see his like neck snap and shit and then like he's all fucking bloody And, like, his body, like, they, like, they, like, airlifting his body, and his body looks like a fucking ragdoll. It's, it's real fucking graphic, and, like, Maverick is just so heartbroken by this, because that was his friend, but then, uh, Tom Skerritt was, like, his commanding officer. Tom Skerritt just tells him to get over it, like, though, you just watch your best friend die on the field, (laughs) you know, and he just wants you to get over it, yeah, it's just, damn, There's like, that's a lot of, it's just a lot of fucking toxic shit in this goddamn movie, I'm sorry, (laughs) it's just, like, all the sexual harassment, like, just, this, this toxic shit is just, like, holding your feelings back, because, like, this is why men have a lot of psychological issues today, you know, because, like, like, we just, because we just get told to get over it, you know, Uh, that's, but like it, like I said, it was the '80s. You know, you're not supposed to show your feelings as a man. Uh, so now, fucking Maverick has PTSD. You know, <laughs> from watching his friend die, and he's scared to fly. And then he takes his aggression out on poor fucking Sundown. He's just like, cause he's just like, get out of my face, you irrele- irrelevant nigga. Uh, you know, I'm just. I'm just kidding, like, but he does he does grab his collar and yell at him pretty hard, pretty aggressively, you know, he, like, he, he, he didn't say the N-word and that shit, but he, he grabbed him pretty aggressively and yell in his face, um, then after that, they finally go into a real battle towards the end of the movie, I mean, like, it's nothing really spectacular, you know, like, the real story about that is just, like, Maverick getting his confidence back to fly again, you know, and then... Towards the end, Iceman finally confesses his feelings for Maverick and they live happily ever after. Overall, this is still a fun movie to me. Very goofy uh, and very of its time, but I had a lot of fun watching it. I'm not going to lie. I give this movie a four out of five. Join me next week when I will be reviewing 1995's Toy Story. Until next time, peace.